the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. The very first thing I want to give you today is the reminder that God is for people, that God is for you, God is not against you. Many people approach the Bible as though God is somehow angry at them and God is frustrated with them, but I want you to know that God wants you to live your best life, that God is for you, He is not against you. Now, if God be for you, what you must also understand is that there is an enemy that is against you, His name is Satan. It's not as though you do not face any enemies. You and I do face an enemy. His name is the devil. And the devil, the Bible says, still kills and destroys us. He comes against us to undermine the purpose that God has for our lives. God has good things for you. The devil would like to come into your life in some way and invade your life and to bring his weapons to bear against you so that the very thing that God intends for your life is nullified, is negated in some way. Now, we know that ultimately God is the one who has the power to overcome the enemy, but we must be aware of the devices of darkness. And one of those devices the enemy will use in your life, one of the things that many people are really taken down by is something called discouragement. Discouragement is one of the greatest weapons the enemy will ever use against you in his artillery. And if you and I do not learn how to battle discouragement, we're going to fall prey to some things in life. The first thing you must know about discouragement is that discouragement is a very sneaky thing in your life. It sneaks up on you. It's very subtle. One of the most subtle and sneaky tools the adversary will ever use in your life. The word discourage literally means to lessen the courage or the confidence of someone. It means to take the spirit out of, to remove the essential elements that are necessary for sustenance and necessary for success. It means to reduce the heart. We often speak of someone losing heart. What that means is they are discouraged. They don't have the same heart to put into something they had before. It is to sap the strength and to sap the courage of a person. Discouragement always takes away from, it never adds to, it's taking away from your life. It is stealing from you. Most of us don't recognize the sneakiness of discouragement when it comes our way until we feel the effects of it. How does discouragement sneak into a person's life? Let me share with you some of the most common ways that you and I fall prey to discouragement. I'm going to very quickly give you five ways that discouragement can sneak into your life. First of all, through your disappointments. There's a story in the Bible of a man by the name of Peter. You know him well. He was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And Peter himself went through a time of great discouragement in his life because of his own disappointment with himself. 
See, Peter thought of himself as someone who was very strong. In fact, on the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed and the next day he was going to be crucified, he's sitting around Jesus with his disciples. And Peter, in that moment, affirmed his love for Jesus and said, Jesus, if everybody else leaves you, I will never leave you. I will never deny you. And Jesus said, oh, Peter, before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, no, 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 not me, Lord. And of course, you know the story. But actually that night, Peter denied Jesus three times, and of course he went out weeping bitterly, and he felt miserable because he not only disappointed Jesus, but he disappointed himself. And some of the worst disappointments you'll ever have in life is when you disappoint yourself. And so Peter is suffering with this disappointment. It goes on for days. And this disappointment begins to build in him because he feels like, I've really failed as an apostle. I've failed as a disciple. There's no real hope for me. How am I going to come back after this? I mean, it seems to be over with. And this culminates in an event in Peter's life, and it's recorded in John chapter 21. Let me read for you the first three verses, and you'll see discouragement at work in this man's life. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, that's Thomas the Doubter, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that would have been James and John, and two other disciples were together. Notice Peter's words in verse 3. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Here's this moment when discouragement catches up with Peter. Peter has failed. He's disappointed in himself. He's saying, you know what? There's no hope for me to ever come back again. I'm just going to go do what I used to do. I'm going back to fishing. I used to be a fisherman. Jesus called me to fish for men, but I can't do that anymore. I'm going to go back to my old occupation. And so he goes back and he tries to do the very thing he used to do, be a fisherman. And of course, he's not even successful at that. He catches nothing. If you read further in John chapter 21, you'll find out that Jesus shows up in this situation. It's the moment when Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And three times Peter affirms his love for Christ and is restored. But what I want you to see is that a great man like Peter became disappointed in himself and his disappointment led him to discouragement. The second thing that can discourage you is delays in life, waiting on stuff to happen. It might be a promise that you help, you're holding on to from God. It might be something that you'd hoped would happen in your life by this time, but it just hasn't happened in the time frame. And so you've got this deferred hope, this deferred anticipation in life. And the Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 12, that hope deferred, hope that's put off, something that you're waiting for, but it hasn't happened yet. Hope deferred, what does it do to your heart? It makes your heart, it can make your heart sick. There's a man in the scriptures by the name of Abram. He becomes Abraham eventually, but when we first meet him, his name is Abram. He's married to a lady by the name of Sarai, who will become Sarah. And so ultimately, they'll become the couple Abraham and Sarah. But if we first meet them, it's Abram and Sarai. And so uh, God called Abram when he was 75 years of age to leave his country, to go to a new land, the land of Canaan. And God said, I'm going to make out of you a nation. I'm going to give you a son and make out of you a new nation. 
ultimately, as we know it to be, the nation of Israel. Abraham responded, or Abram responded to God. He goes into the land of Canaan, and he begins to wait for the fulfillment of the promise. He waited, and he waited, and he waited. He waited 11 years, and nothing had happened. One day, he sort of looks at himself in the mirror and says, I'm not getting any younger. He looks at his wife, Sarai, and says, she surely is not getting any younger. We've got to do something. So Sarai said, we've got to make a decision here. What if you sleep with my handmaiden? What if you sleep with Hagar, maybe we can help God out. You ever tried to help God out? Maybe this is the way we'll fix this problem. We'll have a son through Hagar. And of course, you know the story where Abram slept with Hagar and the child was born. His name was Ishmael. You can read about this in Genesis chapter 16. And of course, we know the sequence of events that transpired related to that. This was not the promised son that God had for Abraham. And of course, there were issues that came up relative to that. And so Abram and Sarai have to wait another 13, 14 years before Isaac is born. They had to wait. But the waiting led them to a place of a bad decision because of discouragement. See, if you get discouraged in your waiting, you'll make some bad decisions in your life. Your impatience can drive you to decisions that are not very wise. The third way is through disabilities. You might say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Disabilities, that doesn't relate to us. It might not relate to you, you think, but yes, it does. It relates to everyone because all of us here today have certain inabilities, certain incapacities in life. There are things that we wish we would be that are better than what we are, things we wish we could do that we can't quite do. Jesus finds a man during his ministry who's facing, in fact, numbers of people during his ministry that face disability. One particular story is found in John chapter 5. Let me read it for you, the first nine verses. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, the pool of Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of, notice the word there, disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and they waited for the moving of the waters. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. One was there, one man was there who had been an invalid for how long? For 30 eight years, almost four decades, he had suffered with his disability. Now, I want you to notice the attitude in this man. I want you to see the discouragement that he was battling with when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time. He asked him, do you want to get well? Now, why would Jesus ask a man who is sick and disabled, do you want to get well? It seems like an obvious answer. Of course he does. But Jesus understood the emotional condition of this man. He realized that he was in a place of great discouragement. It is revealed in the next verses. Verse 7, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. This man was discouraged because he said, you know what? I'm so disabled. I can't even make it into the pool. Other people get there before me. I'm never going to get what I'm looking for in life. My disability is going to limit me for the rest of my life. And Jesus said, no, it's not. But he was battling this discouragement in his soul. The fourth thing that can cause you to become discouraged would be difficulties you experience in life. Difficulties are just hard things you go through. Sometimes you're just in a hard place. 
In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, we're told about these kind of difficulties and what they can do to us and what our response needs to be. He says, dear brothers, is your life full of difficulties and temptations? By the way, it's interesting that difficulties and temptations go together. Then be happy, for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow, so let it grow. Don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. Here James gives us the way that we're to approach our problems. And that's not my focus today. My focus is upon the fact that when you're in a place of difficulty, you're in a vulnerable place because difficulties can cause you to do bad things. Difficulties can get you very discouraged inside of you. The last cause, common cause of discouragement in life is just going through life drain is what I call it. Just life can be draining, amen? It's not as though it's like one problem. It's just all these little problems. Another great man of God in the Bible, his name is Elijah. He went through a time of drain in his life. And his drain, the drain of the environment around him and the circumstances that he faced discouraged him. Listen to his story in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 1. Now Ahab, this was the king of Israel at the time, told Jezebel, that was his wife, the queen, everything Elijah, that's the prophet, had done and how he killed all the prophets with the sword. That was the prophets of Baal. I'll talk about that in a moment. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. In other words, I'm going to kill you like you kill them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba. That's at the lower part of Israel and Judah. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. In other words, he's saying, I am drained dry. I don't have any more to give. There's nothing else in me. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. In other words, Elijah is saying, I just don't have anything else in me. I might as well die. Heaven looks really good right now. And then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. At once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Here's Elijah, one of the great prophets of the Bible. He had faced down the 450 prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel. It had been an amazing event where God had helped him and done miracles for him. And those 450 prophets of Baal had been put to death by Elijah. And then Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And then Elijah says, i got to run for my life. And so he begins to run. And in the running of his life, he's drained and dry. And he gets to the place of discouragement that says, I'm not even sure if life is worth living. And I believe that I'm talking to someone here today that that's exactly where you are right now in your life. You're drained to a point of saying, I'm not even sure life is worth living. I want you to know something. Life is worth living. Because here in this moment, God comes and restores and resurrects Elijah and brings him back again. And I will tell you, the same God that helped Elijah will help you. But here are the things that we can look at in life and say, you know what? These things can sneak up on you and they can discourage you. And I would imagine if I could look into the heart of people here today and sort of get a reading of the emotional and spiritual battery levels of some of you that you would be at a very low place but I will tell you that you're in the right place today because there's a God who knows how to recharge your battery amen there's a God who knows how to do this for you okay? the second thing I want to share with you today is another important fact about discouragement discouragement has an impact upon you this is why the devil uses his own people 
There are two major things that will discourage and will do to you. Number one, it will depress your present. And number two, it will cast shadows on your future. See, discouragement steals, kills, and destroys. That's what it does. It depresses your present. I don't want to take a lot of time this morning to talk about what depression does to us. We all experience those moments from time to time. And God is not against you in a moment of depression. Never feel like that God has deserted you in a moment of depression. There are many places in the Bible where you'll find people, great people, struggling with depression from time to time. As I was thinking about the effect of discouragement, I had to think about it in my own life because I will tell you that there have been times in my own life when I have been discouraged. And so I, I tried to learn some lessons from my own life and by looking at other people and, that I've worked with over the years and observed and, and, and trying to come to a sense of what does discouragement do to you? Why does the devil love to get you discouraged? And I listed nine things that are the consequences of discouragement in your life. I'm going to cover them quickly. Number one, when you're discouraged, you become less productive and effective and engaged. Of course, you can't be your best when you're discouraged. Many times when you're discouraged, you quit. You may not quit on the outside, but you quit on the inside. You just sort of give up. You refuse to try. You stop believing and stop hoping and stop loving and stop giving. You begin to pull back. You decline or settle for the ordinary or the mediocre. What that means is this. You put your life either in reverse or your life goes in neutral. You're not going, in, you're not going forward anymore. People are discouraged, especially when they're discouraged about disappointments in themselves, they will tend to live in unnecessary guilt and shame. They can't shake the guilt and the shame. They have a constant reminder of their failures. It just comes up over and over again to discourage them, to beat them down, to oppress them in their present and to cast a dark shadow on their future. That results in isolation. We pull away from people and we have the tendency when we're alone to nurse our grudges and to grow more and more bitter. And then we also find ourselves in a place where we will tend to tend to yield more to temptation because in those moments there's a vulnerability when you're weak, when discouragement weakens you. You don't have as much resolve against the attacks of the adversary. All of these are the reasons why Satan wants to discourage you because of these effects that will happen in your life. In the Old Testament... There was a group of people called the Israelites that God led out of slavery. You know the story how God got them out of Egypt and took them across the Red Sea. His goal was to get them into the promised land. They were led by a man by the name of Moses. And as Moses led them out of the Egyptian slavery across the Red Sea, took them to Mount Sinai where they received the law of God. And then very quickly they went to a place called Kadesh Barnea. And from Kadesh Barnea they were to go directly into the promised land. God wanted to get them in quickly. And so when they arrived at Kadesh Barnea, Moses said, okay, guys, the promised land is over there. We want to go in. It's time to go in and take the land. But before we go in, I want to send 12 guys ahead, one from every tribe of Israel. I want you to go in and check it out. You're going to be my spies and come back and tell me about that land. So 12 men were sent in to check the land out, an espionage in, uh, enterprise that they were engaged in. So they go in, they come back and they said, you know, wow, it's an amazing place. You should see the grapes over there. They're huge and it's beautiful. But 10 of them said, you know what? It's, it's great, but there are a lot of giants over there. I, I don't think we can do this. And those 10 out of the 12, two of them said, yes, we can. God is with us, Joshua and Caleb. But 10 of them said, no, we can't do this. And I want you to see what the Bible says happened through these 10 men. Numbers chapter 32, verses 8 and 9. Moses is now recounting the story 
this is what your fathers did. These are these 10 spies that had a negative report. This is what your fathers did when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to look over the land after they went up to the valley of Eskel, that's where the beautiful grapes were, and viewed the land. What does, what does the scripture say? They did what? They discouraged the Israelites from entering the land the Lord had given them. They came back and their message was a message of what? Discouragement. And listen, folks, you know what happened? Because they were discouraged and they didn't go in. What happened was they ended up spending 40 years walking around in a wilderness because they got discouraged. You know that when you're discouraged, the devil will keep you in a wilderness. Okay? The devil will keep you in a wilderness. Now, we all go through wildernesses. They went through a wilderness, but a wilderness is never designed for you to spend your life in. Okay? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, a lot of people live in the valley. Okay? God says, I want to get you through the valley. But for 40 years, they walked around in a wilderness. Why? Because they listened to 10 voices of discouragement. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what voices you listen to. Because a voice of discouragement can keep you for 40 years in a wilderness. Now, let's fast forward 40 years later. Moses is now dead, and Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. It's a new day for them. But before Joshua leads them in, God says, Hey, Josh, I need to have a conversation with you. I need to make sure you and I are on the same page before you try to lead them in. There's some things I need to say to you, Joshua, before you lead them in. And notice what God said to Joshua now that is reminiscent of what happened 40 years earlier. Notice what it says. He's saying, Joshua, here's what you need to do. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be... Don't be discouraged, Joshua. Because do you remember, Joshua, 40 years ago, what kept the people out was discouragement. Don't let that happen to you again. Don't be discouraged, for the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Discouragement will depress you in your present, and it will cast dark shadows on your future. But I want to bring you now in these final moments to the third point, the highlight point of my teaching today and the good news this is why you came to church today is this third point are you ready for it discouragement can be defeated this is the good news God sent his son Jesus into the world not only to save you from sin to give you eternal life but to save you from the oppression of the devil this is right in scripture notice Acts chapter 10 verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him that is in the ministry of Jesus there was an anointing to free people from the oppression of the adversary now is discouragement oppression Churches, discouragement, oppression, of course it is. We just looked at all the consequences of being discouraged. There's nothing more oppressing in your life than discouragement. But I want you to know today, I want to announce it clearly and very firmly and powerfully and authoritatively today that there is an anointing in Jesus Christ that breaks the yoke of discouragement in your life. There's an anointing of Jesus 
that will break that yoke, that yoke of oppression in your life. Jesus is the one that can do this, but you must believe that that is possible. See, it was David's belief that made him different from all the other soldiers on the battlefield when they were withstanding Goliath. As Goliath would come out day after day and intimidate the armies of Israel, all the soldiers of Israel would come out for a brief moment, and then they would be discouraged at the voice of Goliath, and they would run back again. But one day, David shows up on the battlefield, and he sees the situation. He sees the discouragement of all his fellow Israelite soldiers, and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Where is my slingshot? We're going to change this situation. And he tells Goliath, I'm coming against you, not with sword and javelin, but I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I'm going to tell you something, Goliath, I'm going to knock you down, and when I do, I'm going to cut your head off. Once I cut your head off, I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air. Now, either you're crazy to talk like that, or there's an anointing on you to talk like that, okay? What I want you to know, there was an anointing on David because he backed up what he did. He knew what he was doing was not in his own strength or power. He knew that that oppressive giant was going to fall. And I'm here to tell you today that in your life, this oppressive giant called discouragement can fall. But you've got to rise up and get your spiritual slingshot out and say, I'm going to go against this thing. I'm not going to let it stay in my life. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the one who breaks the oppression of the adversary, we're going to see this yoke broken. It's going to be broken. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. What does the Bible have to say about... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.